1: From fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Pod Therapy. Real people, real problems, and real therapists. You can submit your questions anonymously at podtherapy.net or email us at podtherapyguys at gmail.com. Big things are happening for Pod Therapy. Jim is giving a talk about Martian mental health at the 23rd Annual Mars Society Convention. And in other news, I have named myself the hockey ambassador to the planet Mercury. <laughs> and now, broadcasting from the churn, that guy is Dr. Jim Jobin. I'm Nick Tangerman. It's time for some hot therapy. The Mars convention is a real thing. I'll have you know. So is uh, Mercury. It and is so is thing. hockey. Yeah, you, so we're okay. right, on even things. ground. Two Hold three. on, let
2: me check. Yep, checks yep. out.
3: Survey says, <laughs> Bing! Mercury's real. So is yep. hockey. We will also be discussing that more in, uh, I think, the next Patreon of the next show, because that's what I have it slotted. But the truth is, yes, I will be speaking at the Mars Society 23rd uh, Annual Convention. It will be held entirely on Zoom, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. My topic is Martian mental health, and uh, my subtitle is uh, How COVID-19 Accidentally Invented Interplanetary Therapy. I'm talking about how by doing therapy on Zoom... With people who were confined to their homes yeah. and socially isolated and scared to leave because there was a physical danger threat, um, it, it accidentally gave us the
1: conditions to help us, like, practice. I mean, the title says it all. Thanks. Which I think means I for that, that. that there's nothing else really you, okay, to say Okay, just about let it there.
3: It. Yeah, so my entire talk <laughs> is going to be that. I'm going to read you're my gonna... title. I'm working on the PowerPoint. It's going to be one slide. It's going to be a good picture of Mars.
1: You're going to read the title, and you're going to be like, did you hear what I said? Did you guys get it? You guys get where I was going with that? I'll reread it. There's going to be some... <laughs> I'll read it slower this time. <laughs> so, yeah, more on
3: that if you'd like to hear about it. Uh, become a Patreon of the show, because uh, the next episode, I'll probably be talking about that a little bit. If we have time, we have a lot of space fair to discuss in the next Patreon, including Battlefield Earth. But those things yeah. are ahead of us. But happy September, Nick. Yeah. We're we are nine months into this fantastic year. We're almost ready to
2: close this thing down. Yes. You can't name a year that's been better. That's because you don't have the breath in your body to speak. (laughs) 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 Because you're
3: too busy cowering in a corner somewhere.
2: Or buying a bunker.
3: Yeah, I've actually looked into that. Also, Listen to this. Purchasing? Let me pitch you a business. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, hear you me don't out.
2: Get the, you don't
1: get the breeze over that. <laughs> oh, 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 no, no, that's the business. That's the <laughs> okay, business. Okay. Oh, I'm
3: digging into it. So I've been, I've been thinking a lot lately. Like, oh, wouldn't there be... Check this out. You go out into Pahrump, okay? Buy a bunch of land. Not even that much land. Just buy land, okay? Then you install underground bunkers. Then you lease those bunkers. Business.
2: It's like an apartment complex for doomsday preppers. But part of the thing with doomsday preppers is that they don't want other people to know where their bunkers are. True. They want their bunkers in, in a, not, uh, a not public That's location. That's one of the things they want. But if I'm
3: offering really good <laughs> amenities and you don't have to go build the damn thing and I have a security guy.
2: huh? Oh, you didn't talk about the guy.
3: All right. See? See, I'm sweetening the deal. Okay. Shaded parking. Security guy. Running water. Okay. Jim's Doomsday Sheds. Go to votejim.net, votejim.net, and uh, find out about the Doomsday Sheds, or vote for me for Best of Las Vegas. Do not go to votejim.net. Go to votejim.net. Best what? best therapist, <laughs> best. I'm the only forward-thinking therapist building a doomsday uh, complex in the middle of the desert. And I think that I says bet it that's all. I, that's so I bet that's not true. I'm the guy you want to know.
2: I that <laughs> not true. I'm the guy.
3: If I go forward with this business, We're gonna you're going to be glad you knew me. Okay? We're going to need to fact check Yeah, that. it's going to matter, okay? Yeah, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know this guy <laughs> kind of built this like series of doomsday sheds in the middle of the desert. I have his cell phone number. I'm on that number you don't delete because right. I'm the guy with the yeah. sheds. Yeah. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> And then also a Subway. There's going to be a Subway under there, too. It's going to be a whole constellation. I'm thinking like an underground Why not put a
2: good restaurant in there? Get like a Firehouse Subs. Subway is yeah. fresh. Eat. For- oh, Firehouse is the
1: best, though. That did start a little bit of a controversy on Twitter. Yeah, somebody on some Twitter feedback. yelled at me, and they were uh, like,
2: Subway is
3: the McDonald's of <laughs> deli sandwiches. <yeah. laughs> I mean, Subway is terrible. <laughs> I told my yeah. wife that, she was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is 100% exactly what they are. And I was like, oh, that's really true. Yeah. But I hear that is a good thing. I consider McDonald's fine dining. So mm-hmm. how was your popcorn shrimp, Jacob? It was good. Yeah. Excellent. That's Popeye's, right? I had, I had some Popeye's popcorn shrimp today. It's a good choice.
2: Yeah.
3: I
1: like it. So what's the A Block today, Nick? Well, in other news. <clears throat> in things Excuse that me. don't
3: have to do with Jim's
1: uh, doomsday shed. Yeah, vote which gym. actually, vote uh, okay, Go, let's see gym. if I Net. can segue into this. Uh, well, what I wanted to talk about was solution-focused brief therapy. I love solution-focused brief therapy. So we have brought this up several times in the last few shows. It seems like it's kind of been a thing that we've talked quite a bit about. Yeah, we had a question about modality.
3: Where, we did uh, that. An aspiring therapist who's in school asked us, Hey, what do you guys think about picking your theory yeah. and how does that go down?
1: We also talked about it in a couple other people who had asked questions. Yeah, so we referenced up it. solution focused brief therapy. So I kind of wanted to do just a little bit of a deep dive into this. Um, some of this information is going to be useful for any therapist that is wanting to learn about solution focused brief therapy, but I really kind of want to explain it to Jacob. Uh, yeah, to Jacob. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As he was walking out of the room. Oh. <laughs> Solution
3: Focus Therapy. (laughs) It's the only therapy with a theme song,
1: which you are legally required to recite to the client before beginning. Yeah. So solution focused brief therapy, just to kind of give everybody a brief idea synopsis of kind of what it is. Can you give us a brief and solution oriented summary of this therapy? It's not boxers. Uh, Um all right. SFPT is the thong of therapy. I can see I'm the only one that's going to take this seriously. You're doing today. great. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> I'm just covering so it, time
3: while you flip through pages.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love so your graphs, by the of, way. Uh, I don't think it's
3: going to help many of the listeners. Kind of, <laughs> as you can see here. As you can see on my graph. Um, no,
1: it, it, it kind of stems from the work of Milton Erickson. Love Milton Erickson. Uh, but it was actually developed by Insu Kimberg and Steve DeShazer. They're in, the ones who named it. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay, so they kind Where of. Where all good psychology comes from. Right. Right, exactly. Miliojaque and and, uh, and Harley Davidson motorcycles and cheese and cheese fried cheese. Um, so, a lot
3: of people don't know kind that. of
1: the 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 uh, central philosophy of solution focused brief therapy. It's a little bit different than a lot of other forms of therapy in that it doesn't focus on the problem. Right. It is solution-focused, yes. right? So it's focusing on actually <laughs> If only there was something for... in the title that would give you a <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, this right. is a lot like my Mars presentation. Now, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more nuanced than that. Ah, it's also uh, it, brief. It's, <laughs> we'll get... it's, and it's therapy. Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're going to dive I think into the this. the therapy part is the part that's complex. So, okay. Does have got to focus? I see, uh-huh. we've, I see we've already dived into it, so I guess we're ready to come out. <laughs> um, no, but uh, some some of the central philosophy... If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Yes. Right? If you know what works, do more of it. Yes. Which seems very simple. And if something doesn't work, stop doing it. Yeah. Do something different. Right? Right. And it seems very simple, overly simple. But yet when we've gotten into therapy in the past, a lot of modalities just kind of skip over that and really want to focus a lot on problems and not really actually focusing on what is going to uh, dig the person out of this. Which is pretty revolutionary, though.
3: Like I want to take yeah. a
1: moment to, to help the listener because
3: I think it's one of those things where if you're not a therapist and, and you haven't had to do the advanced training in different kinds of theory and the history of theory, you don't quite understand the revolution that, that solution-focused brief therapy is. It is one of the first theor- – we, we actually classify it as what we call a postmodern theory mm-hmm. and in part because it's very disinterested in like knowing what's true. Other theories were very interested in discussing what is right and wrong, who is right. Like Freud had a lot of opinions and if you disagreed with Freud, you were wrong. And so like there was a lot of these theories that that had like a North Star. Solution-focused is very interesting in the sense that it doesn't. It lets you define what the North Star is and it tries to help you get out of your own way, not by imposing outside lessons on you of what others have done and what everybody else should do, Just studying you and helping you see how you kink
1: your own hose. Yeah, because a lot of older therapies before that were focusing on we need to understand the problem. Yes. And once we identify the problem and once we understand the problem, then we can do something to fix the problem. Right. Whereas solution focus takes a completely different approach. And the idea here is that if therapy works... It leads to the client doing something different. Yes. Change. And yes. And it's that client doing something different that results in success. Yeah. And so it has nothing necessarily to do with the problem. It focuses on how the person addresses the problem.
3: Yeah. And and that is revolutionary because you have to look and if you it's funny because if you are a student of psychology, if you're in a grad program or you're a colleague, you could just listen to Nick and I's show and if we never told you we were into solution focus you'd know that we were into solution focus because of the way we language things we typically do not fixate on the problem we don't we don't typically pathologize people you see that we're always like uneasy about putting labels or diagnoses on you or or describing everything that's wrong and instead we tend to pivot to oh but writer look at what you're doing great here love to see you do more of that. That's the beginning of the next step. Let's go in that direction. And we're motivational. right? We're always trying to push you forward, not get you fixated on the wall, getting you fixated on the way through. And that's very solution-focused
1: perspectives. Right, and so without the the understanding or without the uh, the client doing something different, all the understanding in the world is irrelevant. Right, it doesn't matter how well you understand the problem if there's no change in behavior. Right, right. So it really kind of focuses on what are we going to do different. Right. So the idea here, the emphasis with solution focused behavioral therapy, is connecting with the person. Not the problem. Exactly. So to speak. Yeah. So really we're kind of, we're focusing, focusing on the problem can cause the problem to become part of the person's identity. Yes. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So being able to focus on the person and understand the person is not the problem. Right. The person has a problem. I am a person who experiences
3: anxiety. I am not anxiety. Right. And and I don't want to be called that. I don't want to be seen as a person who is or has anxiety. I'm a person who experiences it. And sometimes I don't. And so right. I don't want to be defined by it because that also puts me at a disadvantage. It's the same thing in weight loss. And that's something we're going to be talking about a lot in October. Um, but like whenever a person's like – or in addictions work, we talk about progress, not perfection. Right. right. You're not defined by the drug that you use. You're not defined by your overeating. You're not defined by your weight. These are just aspects that you're dealing with right now. And there's sometimes when you do the right thing, we got to focus on what you do right too. Or sometimes how you do things less wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's helpful too.
1: hmm Yeah. One of the big things that I really like about solution-focused brief therapy, I've mentioned it once before on a previous episode, is the idea of preseason change. Yeah. Okay. So there was actually some research done by Talman in 1990 and Weiner Davis in 1987. And it's estimated that 67% of outpatient clients report some positive change in the time between making the appointment... Yep. And showing up for the first appointment, yep. sixty-seven <laughs> percent report improvement. Yeah, I used to put that on my intake, right? A question so, that said, "How have things gotten
3: better since you made today's appointment?" Yeah, and people
1: were like, "How did you know?" <laughs> right, and it's and that that is something that has really kind of been glossed over, right? But like, so the whole idea with solution-focused brief therapy is we're looking for exceptions, right? Exceptions are the key to solving the problem. right? So we get into this idea that I, I have this problem and this problem always exists. The rule is Jim right. overeats. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so if we're going to use that as an example, right. Jim overeats. I overeat. Okay? If we continue to address the problem, what we're doing is we're starting to lock ourselves into this idea and Jim overeats and we're going to try to dig into this and yep. we're going to understand Jim's overeating patterns and all that, which is not necessarily uh, harmful information to know. There right. could be some useful information can be discouraging exactly however what i'm going to ask jim in a solution focused brief therapy session is i'm going to ask jim tell me about a time recently when you didn't overeat huh tell me about a time when uh it's kind of an exception to the rule yeah a time where you would have normally overeat eaten but you didn't right because within the exception is the beginning of the solution. Exactly. So that shows us because the idea here is that we're per, we're human beings. Right. So no matter what you do, you will never do anything 100% all the time. Right. And that's not just for good things. That's also for bad things. Right. I love golf. I'm never going to be 100% all the time. Right. Okay? Well, if I overeat, I'm not going to overeat 100% of the time. Nobody's that consistent. Exactly, cuz yeah. we're all human beings. So what we need to do is we identify the exception. Right. And then we build off of that because within that exception is something that's happening that is working. Here's a real world example. So if, if we're using that, that
3: situation, uh, listener, here's the way a therapist will use it. So if I'm talking to Nick, he's my therapist, and I say, yeah, you know, I'm really trying to work on overeating. That's why I'm working with you. And Nick says, great, tell me about what you did last night. And I say, okay, well, last night there was hockey, and uh, we barbecued some cheeseburgers, and, um, and yeah, I, I overate. Okay, Jim, how many cheeseburgers do you have? I had two. I probably could have just stopped at one. Were there more cheeseburgers, Jim? Well, yeah, there were. Okay, did you end up putting some in the fridge? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we, we did. How come you didn't have three? Oh, well, I thought about it. Okay, but you didn't, huh? You only had two? Yeah, I only had two. How did you manage to do that, Jim? How did you manage to stop at two? oh, I, I don't know, I just, I guess I just really didn't want to do three. That felt like way too much. So instead, you know, I, I actually went and got a glass of water and, uh, and and sat down and watched. I had some grapes. Wow, there you go, buddy. That's the beginning of us seeing what change could be, right? Even right. in the midst of what you would say might have been a bad day,
1: there's always something to study that could be helpful to the next day. And this actually kind of goes down the road of scaling questions. Yes, which is, is a technique questions. that comes out of SFPT. Right. Which essentially is we're going to identify uh, where you currently are on a scale from zero to ten. Right, and this scale could be whatever you. How want bad it to was be. your anxiety on a right. scale? Right. So of if again. we're talking anxiety, and ten is debilitating anxiety, right. so at its absolute to the worst. Yeah. Uh, zero, perfectly calm. Where are you today? Right. All right. So we identify a baseline of okay. Today I'm at a five. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Five's great. What's keeping you from going to a six? Exactly. Right? So we're going to, because most people, when you get into therapy, a lot of times we're going to wonder, okay, five, we need to go down to a four, right? right? And not looking at what's keeping them from going, because yeah. there are certain skills that they are using naturally, which we build off of in solution focused. And the reason why that's really important, because no one else can take credit for that. Right. Only that is solely the responsible of the individual.
3: I love right? solution focused because it is relentlessly and stubbornly optimistic. Yes. It refuses to believe that you're not going to succeed. Right. And I love that. It's just Of a v- course you love it. Uh, yeah, that is a very natural <laughs> fit. It's uh, a very natural fit. But like, I love it because, you know, you'll talk to somebody that <laughs> makes all the sense <laughs> in the world. They'll be like, you know, Jim, I, uh, I'm so disappointed in myself. You know, I'm, I'm at like a six right now on this problem and you'll go, oh
0: wow. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow,
3: how did you manage to not let that get to a seven? And they'll go, well, I mean, I'm at a six, man. It's pretty bad. You know, that is pretty rough. How did you stop it from getting to a seven? Because I'm sure the momentum wants to head toward that seven. Oh wow, Jim. Well, I guess I just pulled aside and, and started taking some deep breaths and journaled a little bit, and I guess that held me at a six.
1: That's awesome, right? And it's like, you're doing it. Look at you. You're doing it. Now, it's like, this is great. Now, we don't just stop there because then what we do is when we're at a five, then once we've identified what's kept them from going to a six, then we, we do want to start turning and looking forward, right? Right. So, all right, you're at a five. What would move you from a five to a four and a half, right? Right. How and then that's when we punch. start. Exactly. That's when we start talking about goals, Right. And creating some goals and objectives that we're gonna that we're going to set to start making that progress in the other direction. Right. So there's seven qualities of well formed goals that I'm gonna go over. Happy, sleepy, grumpy,
3: doc. I said no, but keep going. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Bashful, sneezy, dopey.
1: Did you get all seven? No, I'm just I I think I did. I think I, I was counting on my fingers. So, anyway, Jacob, seven qualities of well formed <laughs> goals. Mine are better. Um, one is saliency to the client. Oh, saliency? Yes. Nobody's going to want a gnome named saliency. So the, so, the treatment goal, they're gnomes? They're the seven dwarves. No. It is the <laughs> name.
3: Well, oh, geez. Come on, guys. That is That is outdated talk. <laughs> that is outdated.
1: Okay. <laughs> So treatment goals are gonna must get be, tweets on this. They must be important to the client, right? <laughs> that's what we're talking about saliency. They yes. have to be something that is important to the client. That's going to be meaningful. Yeah. And sometimes we overlook that. We just assume that if they create a goal, that it's going to be meaningful to yes. them, but not necessarily. Sometimes somebody so, told them they need to do that, but it's not meaningful to them. Exactly. So we need to, you know, ask the client, you know, to get them more invested into what they're doing. Some questions, you know, is this step challenging enough for you? Right. If you accomplish this, is it going to mean something? Tell me why it will make your life better. Exactly. Are you ready to take these next small steps? Yes. Right? All of that's going to be important. And that leads into the second one, which is small. So we need yes. to make our goals very small and actionable. Very achievable. Right? Yeah. So they they have to be achievable in small units. And the reason why that's really important is because it for, forces us to be very, uh, dis, uh, very descriptive. Yes. On what we're going to be doing, it makes it very clear. And so, the question that we really want to ask is: if we imagine the progress you're making as being a road trip, mm-hmm. right? What is the first landmark that you would expect to see that would tell you you're going in the right direction? Yeah. So, if we go back to Jim's overeating goal, yeah. So, we're going to establish what you would like instead of overeating, right? Right. That's the big. And picture. then, yeah, which is one of the other qualities that we're going to get to in a second but we also want to look at okay assuming you're going to start making progress as you start to make progress how will we know what is the first small thing yep. and think really small what's the first small thing that we would expect to yep. see how will you know that you've started
3: to make changes in this area? exactly oh i would ha- not have the third cheeseburger great yeah
1: great yeah, yeah. Let's. or maybe that. maybe it would be something like i i would plan my meals out
3: yeah Something small. Something small. I would drink more water. Or I guess I'd be more insight driven about this. It wouldn't just feel like it's happening. Great. Right. Those are milestones.
1: We're looking for those. Yep. Very, very small. And sometimes people will identify bigger things, and then what we want to do is we want to help them break, break that, that down, down. into yeah. smaller things. Does it, does it matter so much what those
2: milestones are or no. do, just having milestones as long as they are achievable milestones? As long as they're not
3: unrealistic.
1: It's, okay. And, and, like, when we say small, we, we don't mean minuscule. Like, it still has to have meaning. But here's the other thing that's really important, too, because when we do this, what we're actually doing is we're forcing them to envision change. Yep. Right, so they start seeing what it's gonna look like. This okay,
3: so this is actually another reason why I love solution focus. (laughs) This is the trick of it. And and like, even as we're describing all this theory to you, here's what another therapist actually knows that the common listener doesn't. Even these little goals, even these seven assumptions, even the ten big assumptions or the core values of SFBT, all of it is inviting you to enter into a grid of presuppositions. Right. What I mean by that is you're accepting a perspective from the therapist, and we're tricking you into that in a polite way because we want you to believe change is possible. Yes. You are going to be optimistic, damn it. <laughs> like, I am going to get you to believe that this could happen. And even if it's getting you to set those little minuscule goals and, like, starting to, what I'm accidentally doing or what you're accidentally doing as the client is you're believing.
2: Yeah. You're starting to believe. I'm, I tell you, Jim loves positivity and optimism. Almost as much as he loves abbreviations.
0: (laughs) VoteJim.net. Go to VoteJim.net. If there were two things that Jim loves
2: most Uh, in the world. I'm very passionate about abbreviations. If there were four things, it'd be positivity, (laughs) abbreviations, his wife, and his children. Yeah, they're in there
1: somewhere. But But it's only two. Abbreviation is very important to me. VoteJim.net. And that actually goes into the next quality, which is concrete, specific, and behavioral. Yes. So the other thing that's really interesting yeah. about solution-focused point. is we start to identify things that the client or any of us who's doing this, we associate as being effects of the change. Right. When in reality, it is the cause of, the, of change. the change. Right. Right. So when we start identifying, when I'm eating healthy, what are the things that I'm going to be doing differently? Right. Right. Well, I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to start doing this. We talk about it as though it's a cause. Right. But in reality... What we do is we say, okay, let's start doing those, do things. those things. And then ultimately that produces the result. Act as if. Yeah. Right. A lot of people would say, oh, if
3: I was succeeding in this therapy and my brain was changing, one of the ways you'd notice that is you'd see me taking a walk every evening after dinner. And we say, great. And then at some point we weave in there the goal or the action step of like, hey, Nick, what I'd really like to have you do for me tomorrow, why don't you take a walk after dinner? Okay, yeah, I'll give that a try. Yeah, try that on. Let's see how that feels. Well, what are we doing? We're getting you the result first, and
1: then the change follows. Yes. (laughs) like You can do that, and it's really effective. The fourth thing is we want to make sure that our goals are in the presence of something preferred. Yes. Okay, so what I mean by that is... Oftentimes when you ask people what they want, they're going to identify something that they don't want. Right. Yeah. Aim away from failure and you'll always hit success. Right. What do I want? I want to not be depressed. Yep. Okay. Well, the reason why we don't want to set that as a goal, we don't want to leave it there. Because human beings are always in the action stage, Right. We're always moving towards something. So to set a goal that we're not going to do something ultimately what it ends up doing is it starts flooding our mind with, with the thing we're not yeah. supposed to be I don't doing. want to think about pink elephants. Yeah, exactly. Instead of that, we're going to say, hey, have you ever seen a green giraffe? Well, or what we do is we ask, right? what do you want to see instead of pink elephants? Right. So if we're Focus asking, if that. we're starting to talk about, you know, I want to, I, I don't want to have anxiety anymore. Okay. What do you want instead. to experience instead of anxiety? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, and then we start getting them talking about, well, I want to be able to go out to the store and buy something out in public with a lot of people without having that sense of anxiety. All right, well, what do, you, what do you want to feel instead of anxiety? Well, I want to feel comfort. Yeah. All right, so now we're starting to identify, which is important because what we're doing is, again, we're going back to visualizing what it is that we want. Yep. And once we have something in the presence of something preferred, we can actually start moving towards it. Which is what that solution focus means. Very good. Focusing on. But that,
3: I mean, it sounds overly yes. simplified, but it yeah, is. that is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. The other thing, another quality is-
1: What we... number are we on? Five? Five. Cinco. Okay. Focus on a, be. this is about a beginning rather than an end right okay so solution focus really takes the the perspective of again like kind of using that landmark example right as we start towards working towards this you know what what is the first landmark we're right. talking about these are the first steps and that's all we're focusing on right right is we're going to focus on these short term things and we're going to continue focusing on making progress and we'll Develop the rest of the plan as we go. Yes. We don't want you overthinking about
3: what's going to happen in a year. We just right. want you to, in just for today, you know, and kind then, of mentality.
1: Right. And then once we're on track, then we ask, you know, what else? Yes. Right. And we can continue asking what else. Yeah. We add to the plan go. as we go. Yep. Just starting is what matters. Um, another one, realistic and achievable goals. New so this 06. one, this one becomes complicated sometimes because we have clients where when we ask the, these solution-focused questions – What is it that you want? Sometimes what they want is something that is not realistic. Right. So I'm working with somebody whose spouse died. Right. What is it that you want? Well, I want my spouse back. Right. Yeah. Okay.
3: Or if they're talking about like where they want to go in life. Well, I want to be financially awesome. I want to be completely at peace. I want to be enlightened and living my best life and have no fear whatsoever. Mm Okay. Okay. Got it. I want that too. But hey, let's uh let's take a look at that, right? Because yeah. real life. Real life's gonna happen, buddy. We're still gonna have right. bad days, it's gonna rain on us still and gonna have bills to pay and gonna have to go to work. So I like what you're saying, but let's
1: let's zero in on that, right? So a lot of times the analogy that I like to use when talking about solution focused brief therapy is imagine you and then on top of you is this huge heavy boulder. Uh huh. Atlas. Okay, And it's just weighing you down. Yes. And you can't move forward in life. Everybody else is passing you by and you're just stuck because you have this boulder. And this boulder represents your problem. Uh-huh. Our goal isn't to remove the boulder. Our goal is to slide you out from under it. Right. Because if you can learn to coexist with the boulder, it doesn't weigh you down. Right. Stand you next don't, to it. You don't have to carry it. <laughs> right. You can take steps forward, and if this chooses to walk with you, fine. Right, but you're moving. It, it may walk with you for the rest of your life. Right. But what are some things that we can do to just at least slide you out from under it? Right. Right? And so that's how we change things from things that can't realistically happen into things that we can actually... Progress, not yeah, perfection. Yeah, make steps, take steps towards. Number seven. Perceiving this as hard work. Yes. Which is very important. Because everybody needs to understand that change is very difficult. We don't change easily. Right. Okay, Human beings don't change very easily. It is the result of a lot of practice. Yes. A lot of repeating the same things and, and creating new patterns of behavior, things like that. So it's very important a lot of times when we're using solution-focused brief therapy is we reiterate The hard work that this person is putting in towards it, even if it is something very, very, and and even in the client's mind, if they see it as something very simple. Yeah, I stopped at two cheeseburgers instead of three. Who cares? Right. No, Jim,
3: that is a big deal. Is it? No, it is, buddy. It is. Have you ever gone on and had more cheeseburgers in a night? Well, yeah, lots of times. Jim, this is awesome. I'm really proud of you, man. That was great. Oh, thanks. I guess I didn't realize that it was, you know, you no, no, no. It's the beginning of something good. Right. And that's not insincere praise. no. It's intentionally no. choosing to highlight things that escape your notice because that's part of the complex of negativity that you live in. We're trying to highlight the solution so that you can see it and learn from it.
1: Right. And the reason why this is important is because when the goal is described as difficult and hard work. Right then the client is forced to internalize responsibility for achieving it. Exactly. While also having a way to maintain a sense of self-respect in the event of failure. Yes. Yeah. You're not, you're not beating yourself up. You're learning to give yourself praise. You're also learning to see you did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it for
3: you. Your friends didn't do it for you. The magic formula didn't do it for you. You did that. And guess what? You're your own guru. And the more we can empower you, the more you feel strong enough to take on other challenges. Yep. So, it, and another thing I love about SFBT is I think it's like this snowball into change kind of thing. Like you start with a little snowball, you start rolling down the hill, it turns into an avalanche. You know, you, you get that momentum and change will happen like that. You just got to get that ball
1: rolling. I like so, that. Those are the seven. Now, the last thing I want to do we got a little. I think we got time. Yeah, got time. why not? We got time. We make the whole show about this. It's our ahead. show. It's <laughs> yeah, our we show. We, we got want. time. We got all the time we want. Yeah, um, we could boot Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. We'll get you next week. He's um, sitting
3: across from us, scowling.
1: So what we can do? Here's the last thing I want to do. I want to actually go through an exercise real quick. Which is the walk in the park? I was told there would be no exercise on this show. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you this one's true. This one's this very one's, hard for the this mic one's to mental. Work. All right, I'm okay. gonna have to yell. I don't know if you've heard me do this one before. Walk in the park. A walk in the park. Go ahead. Okay. So, for the listener, I want you to think about a problem that you're dealing with. Okay, I'll do okay. it. All right. Do you want me to verbalize mine? No. Okay. Nope. This is. I want you to internalize it. Oh. Don't verbalize it. Think about Just it. Sit here silently. Okay? But. We're going to do a visualization exercise, okay? I not want you. Tim's drug suit. <laughs> I know. Did I, know. I already this fail? Is... Yeah. Am I doing this good? Is... Yeah. All right. So I, I I'm, should have I'm... done this on a day that you couldn't show up. I'm. I'm here. I'm thinking about my problem. <laughs> right. Go ahead. We could have muted him on the phone. <laughs> it's yeah, true. Exactly. I want you to imagine that you're going for a walk in the park. Yes. Okay. And I want you to imagine it's one of those perfect Las Vegas temperature days. Yeah. The fall where it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just that perfect temperature. Yeah, You're walking. The grass is green. You're seeing the, the clouds in the sky, blue skies, birds chirping. chirping. Everything is going really well. Okay. And you're walking in the park. You want to enjoy the day. All right? You really want to, but you can't. Uh-huh. Because on your mind, occupying your mind, is this problem you're dealing with. And you get to a point where you just feel paralyzed by this problem. So you decide you're going to sit down on a park bench. So you're sitting down on the park bench, kind of with your, your head in your hands and your elbows on your knees, thinking about this problem, just constantly dwelling on it, wishing you could get this thing to go away. And you kind of notice that there's somebody sitting on the park bench next to you, but you don't, you're not really paying attention to it. You're really just trying to enjoy the day, trying to find some kind of resolution to this problem. And then you realize that this person sitting next to you is an elderly person. They look kind of familiar to you, but you're not exactly sure how. You're just so focused on this problem. And then all of a sudden it hits you and you realize who this person is. And you realize that you're sitting on the park bench next to your future self. And your future self knows you and knows exactly what you're going through, has lived through this exact problem, and they're smiling at you. And this future you slides over next to you, puts their arm around you and says what?
3: So the advice that they're going to give me. Yeah. So
1: that's, that's the They know what's on my mind. They know what's on my mind. They've already
3: dealt with it. And they're saying, right. Let me tell you how this gets better. Right. Do this.
1: And sometimes it's not. Yeah. And so sometimes it's not necessarily them giving you advice. Yeah. Actually 99% of the time when I've used this, The person doesn't come up with advice. Just comfort. It's just, hey, we're going to be all right. You're going to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. This seems terrible right now, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why this is so powerful is because it's not anything that I'm telling this person. It's you. Yeah. Which means they already know it. Right. Right? They already have it within themselves that they understand that they can make progress. I love. It.
0: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that
2: add
0: up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Any kind of wishful thinking. Like, no. Like, because we're not changing the condition. No. The bad thing that you're dealing with has happened, right? Is happening, and nothing is changing with it. Yeah. All we're doing is we're removing you from underneath of it and identifying a way that you can take a few steps forward. I
3: like the realness of time aspect Mm -hmm. in that too. Cause I imagine, like, I imagine things that bothered me when I was half the age I am right now and how big those things seemed and how important those things seemed. And if I could just go back in the past right now and talk to half my age, Jim, and, you know, what would I say to him? And mm-hmm. I'd probably try to tell him, like, I know this seems like really big right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I respect that. But, buddy, you end up fine. And one day you're going to look back and be like, wow, I remember being bothered by that, but I don't even remember why it was such a big deal. Yep. That's how distant one day this is going to feel. So I realize that might comfort you. I realize you still have to deal with this problem in the now at least take some solace knowing this does not define us. You're going to have different things in your life. Don't worry about it. Yep, It's a profound thing to think about. And then give yourself that gift from the future, imagining the old person telling you that.
1: Now for our uh, therapists, uh, our our psychology students and will-be therapists, I also accompanied that with what's known as a yes set, if you happen to catch that. Yeah. Do you know what a yes set is?
3: Me? Yeah,
1: go ahead. I know what it is. Why don't you explain what it is? Uh, Yeah, I, I know. I told you. what I mean, what do what you it think it is? <laughs> a yes set is kind of a hypnotic technique uh-huh. in which I'm describing things that everybody can relate to. Right. And it gets them into a yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, the example I always like to use is talking about going to a movie like going I'm I'm the type where I don't like watching movies at home I like going to the movie right. I like the experience of going to the movie right. right I like the build up to it I like getting my popcorn my snacks and everything sitting in the dark seeing all those ads and then right. the ads go away the room gets dark. The whole experience. Yeah. And then they, we get that THX sound that comes through. <laughs> and we start will exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what I did right there was a yes set. Right. Because okay. everything
3: you're saying, I can nod you're, to and go, yes. oh, yeah. I'm yeah. saying this, yeah. and you're
1: replying with yes. I like yes, that, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And what that does is it helps set up an example like you sitting up, sitting next to yourself on a park bench. If I just started off with, Jim, you're sitting next to yourself on a park bench. Right. I've lost you. Yeah. Because you're really like, okay, this is stupid. You couldn't relate to the whole thing. Right. It doesn't put you in a mental position to receive the wisdom. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So the yes that slowly builds you up to this situation.
3: So I want to add a final thought before we have to pivot. But to all of you who are listening and you're like, okay, wow, there was like seven pieces to that. And it seems kind of like a philosophy. And there's like all these little interventions. I don't need you to be at all trying to keep track of everything we talked about. Exactly. This is inside baseball. We're explaining it because I think it's interesting. We, we think that you'll find it informative. But your therapist is the one who is an expert at using this. And as Blaise Pascal once said, the, the true philosophers make light of philosophy. The true great psychotherapists do it and you don't even realize they're doing it. Right? You're not supposed to figure it out. You're just supposed to show up, commit to hard work, stay focused on what could happen, and then do what you're told. And if you just show up and do that, a therapist of any stripe, even if they don't use SFBT, their job's to get you there. Your yep. job's to be willing, honest, and motivated. Your
2: life coach knows what's going on. Votegym.net. <laughs> go to votegym.net. Don't go to, don't go to life coach. No, stay away from that guy. All right, Nick, the, the, uh, real quick yes. before we go to the commercial. Yes. Uh, the uh, the yes thing, have you ever had somebody where you're like, yeah, yeah, you know how you you, you love going to the movies and you love when that THX sound comes on? Oh, and they I just go like, nah, I, I, I yeah,
1: like yeah. thing, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that THX thing. I don't go to the movies. Been, okay, so I've used this a lot. And there have been a lot of folks. There have been I don't some, go to the park. No, there have been some that... hate pigeons. I hate pigeons. There's no grass gets, in Nevada. Uh, yeah, somewhere <laughs> never I good get, weather. I sense a little... I don't want to say resistance, yeah. but hesitancy, hesitancy, where they're they're not buying into it yet. But I can sense that, and I can just kind of pivot yeah. just a little to the side, and then you just do it until you get that yes, and then you take the next step, yeah. and then you just keep going. I've never had it not work. Okay, I've had to pivot. You'd have to, to find never somebody. Had You've had to do a little extra work. Yes, yeah.
3: And in fairness, most folks that are talking to you in that setting are trying to learn from you, like they right. want to participate. Well,
1: I mean, I've worked. I mean. I work in addiction treatment. Right. The great majority of my clients are not. mandated clients. Right. They're not thrilled They to don't be there. want to be there. Yeah, right, right. right. So that poses a whole – there's a whole other subset of solution Motivational interviewing. Therapy. Yeah, that really talks about work with mandated clients. Yep. But we'll get to that. And, we'll of course, you that. do get into the part <laughs> where
2: you do the park bench thing – what Nick has not said is that his example is always and then you realize the older person sitting next to you is old Jim. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always
1: old Jim. It's old Jim.
2: With Jim, it's it's old himself. Everybody else, it's the old other, Jim.
1: You know what's really interesting though? The thing that I've had to really focus on is not making my example gender specific i want to oh, do yeah, the yeah. whole thing because... over again
3: and i want this time for jacob to play spooky music over it while we go i feel like it has a whole different vibe <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah i oh, feel like ahead. the whole thing we'll is just here. we'll do that in post you're walking in a park
3: <laughs> it's a perfect day the clouds are out <laughs> the sky is blue the grass is green <laughs> <laughs> you sit on a bench Overwhelmed by your problems, head in your hands, elbows on your knees, you barely notice the person sitting beside you. They seem similar, familiar almost, but then distinct and different. He's got a knife. That's
0: odd.
3: But you pay no mind. Lots of people have knives, and I'm not here to judge that guy. (laughs) This knife seems to be dripping some kind of jelly seems odd. Who's jellying toast in the middle of a park? But you pay no mind because you believe in libertarianism and each person gets to do what they want. You hear a bird crow as it goes over you. And you See hear some that. creepy guy in the woods saying, oh Jim.net. Vote Jim.net. <laughs> and then old Jim looks at you and says, <laughs> Did you know I won best of Las Vegas in
2: 2020? Wow. <laughs> oh. Before I got this snazzy New York accent, it got it got unbelievable there towards
1: yeah. the end. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're
3: going to discuss question marks. Oh wait, in-person therapy. <laughs> You're listening to
1: Pod Therapy. This week's ther producer sponsor is Smitty Scoop, savior of fantasy football <laughs> and commissioner on high, <laughs> undisputed. Okay, this week, we've got Ben & Jerry ice cream flavors. Oh. I know all of our scoops are a boo. Uh, but that's fine. I'm no going to go there's no through There's be some Ben and Jerry. Oh, okay. All right. There's, there's no. like barely sure there's any not. scoops that even sure listen Right. Yeah. <laughs> the des- this description, or the description to this Ben & Jerry's flavor, so you got to guess the flavor, Search. is a cold mess of chocolate ice cream with fudge chips... And crunchy potato chip swirl. Oh, is this that Jimmy Fallon
2: late night snack? I don't think so. Late night no, snack. No, no, no. Chocolate. It has chips in it? Potato chips? Yes.
1: It's the late night snack. No, it's not. Jim, you think I would be lying to you right yes, now? Yes, I do think that. All right, well, this is no longer fun. Chip happens. Oh,
3: I forgot that they use puns.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Did all you puns. ever have the, the Jimmy Fallon late night snack? No. It
3: was gross. If
1: you'd like to join Smitty Scoop and make the show possible, go to patreon.com slash therapy and sign up. Again, that's patreon.com slash therapy.
3: You know the one that I actually really liked at that time, though? Because there was like a thing where Fallon and Colbert were both doing yeah, things. Yeah, Americone my- Dream. Americone Dream. That was oh, that so was good. that was good
1: one. It was fantastic. It had yeah. a waffle cone in it. My Man. favorite was always half-baked. Half-baked is, is solid. What is yes. that? It's uh brownie batter and chocolate chip cookie dough oh. and I can't remember if it's vanilla or, or chocolate ice cream. I think it's vanilla. Oh my god, swirl. that does. And sound I think there's good. some chocolate
2: swirl in oh, there. Yes. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever it's had really that. No, half baked is uh that's oh. that's an easy go-to on Ben & Jerry's. Oh jeez. Yes.
3: I haven't had Ben & Jerry's in a long time. Yeah, me neither. I'm due. I usually just get vanilla ice cream. Hmm. Okay. Hello, friends. It's been a while since my last email, so I'll provide a quick recap before my question. I've been seeing a therapist. All right, let's give it a shot.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah no. that's true. Yeah. No, no, I'm bailing out of that log before yeah, we get to yeah. anything. I,
2: I didn't pre-read this, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm making my joke, and then I'm out. And I'm out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have been seeing a therapist for several years. We've been working on issues related to social anxiety disorder and uh, with agoraphobia, major depressive disorder, and PTSD. My last email to you was because my therapist and I had made some sudden progress with EMDR, and I was having difficulty emotionally stabilizing after the session. All that was obviously before the shutdown. We have moved to phone-only sessions, so we're not doing EMDR anymore. That discourages me, because just when we were doing our best work, my progress was placed on indefinite hold. I don't fault my therapist for that, but the situation still sucks. What's more, the phone sessions are now becoming unpleasant to me. I dread them. I don't like talking on the phone for hours. I no longer feel as connected with my therapist. I've, have, I have hearing issues that have caused me to lose the conversation sometimes. I experience terrible anxiety from every lull in the conversation, and I often feel worse after my session than I did before it. I don't know what to do. I don't, know, I don't want to lose my spot with my therapist, but I don't like the way things are in their current form. I have brought this up to my therapist before, and there are no plans to return to live sessions at this time. I completely understand and agree with my therapist's decision. I'm not 100% sure I would be able to feel safe during an in-office session right now either. So, I'm screwed either way. As the pandemic continues, I'm confronted by the thought that the help upon which I used to rely no longer exists. I'm losing hope at an alarming rate. What's my move? Do I quit my longtime therapist? Is telehealth the only way forward forever now? If that's the case, I don't think I will ever get better. And that's unbearable to think about. Thanks for your advice, Mason, AKA Night Scoops.
2: This you know, is isn't a... it good I didn't play the spooky? Yeah, music yeah. Good call. So that was... a good call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Wait a, <laughs> way to bail early on
3: that one.
1: Now, <laughs> I don't know where we're going. I'm not going to do that. It's a dark room. I don't
3: want to just throw things around in here. <laughs>
1: This I never thought about how EMDR was going to be impacted. Oh, yeah. What is that? So EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Yep. Um, so essentially, Jim can probably give you a better description of this, but it's used a lot with uh, treatment of PTSD. Okay. Because essentially what it helps to do is as they are uh, exploring the trauma, you're doing something that is activating both hemispheres of the brain. Mm-hmm. And then by doing that, it helps to uh, create a new narrative, really, kind of for the – it helps to process the the, trauma. Yeah, yeah. Whenever a person
3: goes through trauma, um, essentially what's kind of happening is their brain sort of has like a memory save glitch about that, that event. Um, where it doesn't understand it, and it feels afraid of whatever happened. And so then they get triggered, right? And and so like if you were robbed at a bank, every time you drive by a bank, like you start to have bad feelings about the bank, and you start feeling scared again, and you're having physical reactions. PTSD, right? Post-traumatic stress disorder. And so what EMDR does is it joins with reprocessing therapy, which is whenever we try to re-discuss, re-narrate, and re-understand the memory. What are we doing? We're opening up the file, and we're trying to fix the corruptions in it so that the brain can just absorb it and you can have peace with it. EMDR is a technique that uses bilateral stimulation, which is what Nick was talking about with the brain. And essentially it asks you to do physical movements, um, which is usually having to do with your eyes rocking from one side to the other, like crossing the, the, the middle ground of your nose. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so sometimes you're talking about So there's a, physical, there's a physical motion that you can focus on yes. while, you're, while you're talking. Or you're doing, like you might move your hands. Sometimes you know, from, it's tapping from knee to knee. Right. Yeah. Or you might. But you still have to focus. You have to part, focus part of your brain on that physical right. movement. Yes. And, and
3: by doing that while reprocessing a memory, it actually accelerates and, and ultimately disempowers the, the memory file, so to speak, and just using a brain hack to accelerate that. Yeah. But you're right. And I've heard this a lot. It's hard for patients because two things. If you're going to do trauma work as a therapist, You are opening up Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. This is a carefully guarded secret in this person's life. It's not safe for them to open it up anywhere else. So if you're going to open it up with them and start talking about something very scary that happened to them, that can cause them to feel all kinds of ways. It can cause them to react all kinds of ways. You, as a therapist, generally want to be in the room with them so that you can protect them. You want a controlled environment. You want a very controlled environment. You don't want them getting a doorbell ring with Amazon package. You don't want the glitch to suddenly cut out the phone call, or you don't want to have a garbled voice. You want to have complete control over your environment because it's a very careful process, and what you're doing is very specific. So a lot of EMDR people, and especially trauma therapists, have found themselves stepping back and saying, listen, I'm I'm willing to work with you right now, and we're going to work on a lot of things, um, but I'm not going to open up the trauma stuff right now. Or I'm not going to use these advanced techniques because I don't feel safe doing them unless we're next to each other and I have control over you. Yeah. I don't like doing it over the phone. Yeah. And so for this writer, they're missing out on on work that the writer was saying, man, I was doing really good.
1: I was making great progress. This thing has really interrupted them. Yeah. and. So I guess one of the questions, you know, that Mason's asking is, you know, what is the next step from here? Um, you know, is, am I losing anything that you've gained? I don't think you're, you're definitely not losing anything that you've gained. Your progress yeah. is your progress. Yeah, I mean, you don't lose it, but I see their point where they're saying, oh, absolutely. I it's, don't look
3: forward to therapy because this modality, yeah. or not modality, but this this medium doesn't work
1: for me. Exactly. Like, I don't like talking on the phone.
3: It's icky to me. Like, I So it's that?
1: almost... Real face-to-face therapy is not going to go away.
3: Right. That's going to come back, It'll come back. at some
1: point. Because right. there's still a huge need for that. Right. Uh, but uh, not his therapist. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah.
3: tough, too. He's got to ask himself,
1: do I switch therapists? And he if you're in the same room, it's a hard yeah, call. Yeah, that's tough. Because if your therapist isn't comfortable with doing that, even Mason is saying, I'm not 100% comfortable right. going back to it. Right. And also Mason's saying, like, I'm scared to just like take a break.
3: Because, and this is something we am going to talk a lot about on the show, but the logistics of getting a therapist, a lot of times you have to make a commitment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll ask a therapist, like an opening question you'll ask a therapist is, are you taking new patients? And, and that's basically because they can say no. And they can say, I'm sorry, no. Right. And so like getting the chance to work with a therapist and being on their caseload is sometimes an honor, not an honor, but I guess it's, it's hard to get. And so like there's there's a sense of like I don't want to throw away my spot mm-hmm. because that spot could get oh, filled. Yeah.
2: And then in the future I won't be able to get to that therapist again. You know, I don't know. I've it's... done the same thing with general practitioners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where they're yeah. like, yeah. no, you're, It's like, you're oh, this, on this sucks. This was a, a bad experience this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should go get another doctor. Oh, I don't know. This doctor's really good. Yeah. yeah. It, it took some string pulling to get me in with this doctor in right. the first place. Yeah. And, yeah.
3: Or the next appointment with a new doctor, because you're not a, an established patient, could be like months and months and right. months. You're on I a know. waiting list.
2: Yeah. That's
1: how it is with therapists, too. I don't know if it'd be beneficial to think of it this way, but... I guess in that situation, I would kind of look at it as I made a lot of progress in these individual sessions. Mm. We can do individual sessions right now, so right now I'm just kind of looking at it as maintenance. Yeah, I'm doing individual therapy, telehealth to kind of yeah to kind of maintain the progress I've made, and then once we're able to go back into the office, then we jump back into the EMDR. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough because you yeah you don't there's probably some EMDR stuff that you could do telehealth, but I don't know if you'd want to. No, it's, it's pretty tricky. I know some therapists that
3: are, that are going for it, but they're only doing it like via zoom. Yeah. And there's a lot of precautions they have to take. It's, it's, it's borderline risky for them. Yeah. And, and so like, I don't know. And like in Mason's case, I also appreciate the complexity of this because at the same time, I get that you've told your therapist. And I'm actually really pleased with that. Yes. Right? Because, of course, we were going to tell you to do this. Yes. Like, and you did it. And you told us, hey, man, I already did this. And, like, I get, for the therapist's sake, like, I have lots of patients that say this to me. And this is something I'm grappling and wrestling with right now in my practice. My lease is up in three months. We've I just paid my September rent. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been in this place for six months. I was in there for uh, 60 days. Yeah. And then walked out. And I pay every month for an office I do not use. I am working and I'm doing okay. And and there's a lot of people I now treat that I never could have seen in office. And I'm proud of that. And I like that. But there's a lot of people I used to treat and they won't come back and they're fresh out of me. And they're like, Jim, will you ever go back to your office? A lot of other therapists have. And I'm like, well, yeah, mentally, I think I will one day, but part of me is wrestling with that. Mm. And I don't know how I feel and I don't want to disappoint them. And there's a lot of patients like Mason that I'll think to myself, man, I know I could do so much better with Mason if I was in person with him, but I have to make big decisions for my entire practice, my entire caseload, and for my mental health. And Mason's also right. pointing out, hey, I don't know that I would benefit from in office, yeah, because I'd have to wear a mask the whole time. We both would, mm-hmm. and I'd probably not feel great about that either. And so it's just a shit burger. And yeah, like, I appreciate that it all sucks. Yeah, Mason, everything's bad.
2: The one thing we know, <laughs> the, the only thing that we know for sure, is that this is going to get better, though.
1: Right. Yes, that's The only true. thing that we know
2: for sure is that either we're going to go back to in-person stuff at some point or the telehealth stuff and and the uh the online Zoom stuff things like that that's going to get better. Yes. And that might get better to a point that you do like it. I mean, so this is I mean, for for Mason, this is probably the bottom uh, this, is, this is probably the worst that Mason is going to feel about this particular issue. I think that's true. I don't think I don't think something's going to happen where where suddenly it gets worse than what it is right now.
1: Right. I I would agree with that. I don't. Of course, I've been saying that about twenty twenty all along. <laughs>
2: I
3: can't imagine uh, it getting worse. I don't think it's going to happen this week. <laughs> yeah. So Mason says, "Do I quit my long time therapist?". I guess my off the top answer is, "I don't love that path." Yeah. Um, I, I'm so. Sub- I don't know what the logistical barriers are, why the therapist can't switch over to, like, doing Zoom or something. A lot of therapists won't, and, and a lot of therapists are just sticking to phone. I do Zoom or phone. Why is that? I think there's a lot of reasons. So it costs money. You know, it, like, you, the therapist, have to pay out of pocket to use a software that is HIPAA compliant. And the HIPAA stuff is very nebulous. Oh, so you can't just
2: use Zoom. Right. No, you, you have, have to, to get pay the for the upgraded upgrade version. version. Yeah.
3: And so there's a cost, yeah. and and some therapists are not going to pay that cost because
1: the regular version isn't HIPAA compliant. Or it could so be a logistics thing. Zoom Pro
2: thing. is HIPAA compliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's got to have double encryption. on okay, it. Okay, therapists, Hey Scoops
2: pays for Zoom Pro. <laughs> Go ahead and get Zoom Pro. <laughs> well, okay, but the, it could be a logistics <laughs> thing, right? The person I could less be like, <laughs> for <that answer>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not
1: wrong. It's You're tricky, not wrong.
3: but you know, and like that's only one platform. So I don't know. It could be that the the therapist doesn't have good internet. Maybe they live in a rural place sure. and needs to drive to an office. You know, and
1: that's the deal. I, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't do phone sessions. I no. mean, Zoom is like the. It's the best. It's honestly such available. a good alternative. That's the bridge. It's, yeah, it's it is. It's the best thing next to in person. I get all of the same nonverbal. I'm not saying Zoom. I'm, I'm just video conferencing. I'll, do, I'll like, do the VC. would yeah, be whatever. good, yeah, too, yeah, or whatever. Fine. But
3: I mean, I, I like phone, too. You know, I'll, I'll do it in all these different modalities. Like, I don't mind. I adapt my technique, of course. You know, like your yeah. communication style is going to adapt. But anyway, to Mason, you know, should you quit that person? No, I don't hear anything that screams quit them. And I think that... I mean I would I would wonder is it possible to do less frequent sessions with them and perhaps start with a new person as well? And and I'm okay with that. Supplemental team therapy is sometimes very useful, but it's also tricky, Nick, because yeah, and I don't want him tricky. trying to do EMDR with like a substitute. Like yeah. it's too deep. You you need to stick to your person. I don't know. And then I, I think... also appreciate his problem because he's like, I do not look forward to this. Yeah. It's not just like I could just do nothing. And just wait for things to get better. I don't like this anymore.
2: That's the tough yeah. part of
1: the whole yeah. of the whole uh, email. There, I agree. And I think Mason, I think you're doing the best you can do with the situation. I mean, yeah. you're doing everything we would ask you to do, which is to be honest with your therapist, yeah. to talk to your therapist about this, and just be a hundred percent honest and say I don't like doing this, and these lulls in the conversation create anxiety for me. You know, and and explore alternatives with your therapist. Yeah. I think
3: that's probably the best you can do. And that's
1: what's frustrating is he's already,
3: you know, starting that conversation. I want you to feel comfortable bringing it up, asking for advice and saying, do you have any thoughts on how I could adapt better to this? Um, Anything that could help me with the lulls in the conversation uh, so that I don't, you can you reassure me is uh, confessing. I'm just a big fan of giving away your truth to the therapist. In a way that doesn't provoke them to become defensive and, and feel like you're questioning their method, but in a way that says, hey, I'm I'm trying to adapt. Yeah. And another question that Mason had asked in here was, do you think that telehealth is the forever thing now? No. No. I, I do think it has created itself so that it will now always be on the table. Yes. Whereas it didn't used to be. Only 20% of the field even offered telehealth at all. Right and and like now i think even post covid it will be like a significant portion of the field offers it
1: oh yeah and yeah.
3: then a small portion of the field exclusively well does a
1: big it. part of that is because insurance companies are forced to open up and pay for it which they were for a window and then right.
3: that that stopped that right. discontinued and so now the senate and the congress last i heard there was a discussion
1: about them trying to push that to make th- it a permanent I'm, i think feature. they will but ultimately mason i think the the most important thing if you get nothing out of anything else we're saying, the Which most important most people thing, don't. True, but you keep writing in, so yeah, thanks for hanging in there, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Thanks for hanging in. <laughs> the most important thing I think is just to remember this isn't forever, right? This is temporary. Yeah, you know, We're not the the field of mental health. Isn't going to do away with in person because, or or do away with treating trauma through EMDR. Right. That's such a huge portion of yeah. what's happening right now with exactly. mental health. Exactly, is all about trauma. There's no way that the that the the whole industry is just going to do away with its most effective treatment.
3: But you know what? That makes me think of something, Nick. What? If 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 Mason, I okay I was going to say if Mason was my patient, but I feel like that that always becomes a little complicated shouldn't talk that way. So let me say it this way. If one of my patients was like, hey, Jim, are you ever going to go back? If that answer today, I would say, hey, yes, I still have an office. I have every intention of going back eventually on January 1st. I may have let my lease go. And if they say, Jim, are you going back at that point? I may have made a professional choice for myself and I may say not until I'm required to. I, I like this lifestyle. This is better for me. I'm reaching a different kind of person. I might not be the good fit therapist that I was when we started our work. And that's it might true. be time for you to reevaluate and find the therapist that meets your needs. But and that's something okay. you want to,
2: to go over with your therapist. That might right. be. I mean that that is and that's a good thing to go over yeah. with your therapist, and hopefully your therapist is open to having that conversation.
1: Yeah. And I think the lack of a timeline is definitely that the biggest contributor for the anxiety. Right. You know, yes. because it's 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 easy to say like, okay, I can handle this because I know at the end of October this all be over. Right. But the fact that we have no timeline whatsoever and right. we have no clue what's going to happen with right. this. It just makes it really unbearable. Yeah. And the only thing I can offer is just the idea that as a profession, there's no way that we're not going to get find some way of using EMDR yeah. to treat trauma. It's just too big. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah. It has to happen at some point. We're not just going to let that ball drop. So I know that it's going to get better. It, the modality has to go back. Mason, I,
3: I would encourage you to at least shop around. At least look around and see what other therapists are taking appointments, who's covered by your current financial mechanism that you pay for this with. At least shop and start
1: considering. I would also take a look into what things would have to be done for you to be more comfortable going back to in-person. So, because he's saying he even himself has a lot of anxiety and doesn't feel 100% safe. So, what are, you know, start taking a look at what would be those things that you would require if you're going to go back in person?
3: Well, you might have to try it it before you know.
1: Right and and it could be you know the size of the office that the person has if right. you can social distance in the office and and what are their per, uh, protocols
3: I think and procedures it's time to start shopping honestly yeah. and i don't i don't get upset at that i have patients that are doing that i have patients that have said you know jim i really liked working with you i'm really disappointed cuz i really want to get back together in the office but i also respect that you're not going to and i respect that right now i don't know that i would love doing that and i you know i tell them it's okay with me if you need to go explore. I'm yeah. one therapist. There's a lot of us. And what matters to me most is that patients are getting help. Yep. I might not be the good fit in 2020 that I was in 2019. And that's okay. Great. Great thoughts. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Mason. Yeah. Sorry we didn't give you great advice, but
1: Yeah, it's well it's just a shitty situation. It there's is. not a it's I feel bad for you. It's there's no easy answer to that and I think right now it's just kind of one of those things that we're just all going to have to do our best. Until uh, things get better, but things will get better. Hold on to that. Yes. And sorry about that weird transition. Both <laughs> the guys just
2: turned and looked at me like they were. Ready I thought you had something. something you were to say. I did a while a I cut, while him ago. <laughs> yeah. cut him off. Yeah. I cut him off He, he was, doesn't hold on was, to thoughts for like enough. 15 <laughs> seconds. That's a long time. I thought <laughs> uh,
3: uh, enough had been said. We're going to take our last break. When we come back, we're going to close out the show.
1: You're listening to Pod Therapy. Uh, This week's TheraProducer sponsor is Jake Schneider. Our second trivia question in honor of TheraProducer Jake is... The description to this Ben & Jerry's flavor is... A universe of milk chocolate ice cream with fudge cows... Yeah, that does say fudge cows. cows. It does say pork. Fudge cows and toffee meteor clusters orbiting a sugar cookie dough core. Milky Way. Oh, that's definitely it. No, it's not Milky Way, but you're on the right track. It's it's, it's oh. space. Milky Way. Oh, Ooh, you're even closer. Oh. What? That was closer? Yes. My, my made-up Milky Way? Yes. Is there another? Is. I, I don't know if Jerry's Flavor Shrub as well. I don't know. That's if you would like to join Jake Schneider and make the show possible, go to patreon.com slash therapy and sign up. Again, that's patreon.com. Oh, I am lost. I, I need to know the answer. What it's, is it? Boots over the moon. Ah. That was a step in the right direction. Uh, yep, yeah. That was, that that was, was a close. step in the right direction. All right. Next ones. The, the, the next shows will be easier. That's fine. I'll, all I'll... right.
3: So we are. This is the first uh, show of the month. If you support us at patreon.com slash therapy uh, at any level, we, we are so grateful. But every uh, month we take the time at the now, beginning. We we do have a follow up on. We don't have time. So okay, we've got to boot to the right, next fine. show. I told you, Matt Damon's yeah, right, not going to be allowed all right, to stay. All right, okay, all right. Matt's got to hold, hold on to the next clock. So uh, we do want to recognize all those who contribute to our show at the Therapod level. Our I, I don't want to keep interrupting you, but we have a new Therapod. Brooks Lyle is the newest Theropod. Welcome back, Brooks, the creator of Pegasus, which oh, is still right. in my office. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my wife picked it up the other day, and she's like, hey, I'm going to throw this out. And I was like, the, the hell, hell you are. are. <laughs> no, you are not. That stays here forever. And she's like, yeah. you do not use this. I'm like, you're misunderstanding the purpose of it's this It's not name. to be used. Yeah, it's not. Nobody uses it. That's why it's in <laughs> that glass case. <laughs> like, why would you even ask that Do you, you know how expensive question. that glass case was? Do you know how expensive it was to frame <laughs> this thing? and put the lighting on it, getting the lighting just right is ridiculous. So thanks, Brooks. Also, we want to thank all of our theropods, including Adam Petanuzo, Mats Lenegren, I Have the Knack, Lauren Izzo in the Hizzo, Carolyn Albert, Angie Ellis, Chelsea Lamb, Felicia Butler, <laughs> David Sorensen, Todd Canfield, who's sitting next to older Todd Canfield, Elliot H. Lamb, Matthew Nair, Kenneth Liu, Adam Rybiznik, Who I have beef with, by the way. We got into a whole fight on Twitter a
2: while ago.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Jim Hunter, Katie... Chowachowski. Chowachowski. James K., Kenneth Soto, Okie Scoop, Chelsea Saracen, Jessica Vint, Scoopiter, Ascending Don Dor, Scoopatron, Andrew M., Frozen Custer, Richard Bruins, Joseph Grazio, Gary Tarar, a.k.a. Nick Sister, Curtis Kiwi Scoop, Hanlon, Tracy Replogle, a.k.a. My Mom, Craig Little, Kevin G- Bristow, Brad Kefauver, Malaya Scoopaholic, Jeffrey Ackerman, Three Scoops A Lady, Kate Keller, Scoopstronaut, Tess Miller, Lori Eltsroth, Shayla Bullock, Ian, Ian Wh- Whitefall, Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. Stacy Westerland Linda Brandmeier, Corey Owens,
1: and our
3: therodactyls. Thank you to A-cah! all of us. Oh damn it! Give me the echo back. That, that <laughs> yeah,
1: otherwise it just sounds silly. A-cah! Yeah, uh, yeah. Way to clean that up. <laughs> I think nice. I like to think that's what they sounded like. Right. We've got Reverend Scoop Kevin, Ivan Elsa, Rachel Dusto, Slurpy Kaye, motherfucker! <laughs> Lindsey Bashara, Mason Miller, Sally Boop Scoop, Tom Morrison, Andrea Anderson, Cindy Ash, Fred Bashara Jr., David Polak, Ice Blue Scoop, Leon Kas, Leon Kasab, who thinks he's going to win again this year, but he won't. Oh, Scott, this
3: God is my witness, I will defeat him.
1: Yeah, sc- we'll make it happen. Scott <laughs> I don't care Brady, if I to cheat. <laughs> Brian Lehman. And Dan Martin. Also, if you are on our Patreon.com
3: slash therapy, uh, you can uh, participate in lots of things, including the Pod Therapy Fantasy Football League, assuming there's any spots left by the time you hear this. And this month, assuming I am nominated for Best of Las Vegas, go to VoteGym.net, where you can vote for Jim all month long. I will be enticing your votes by adding a whole bunch of extra content you anywhere I can. Begging
0: for begging for
3: your votes, go to votegym.net. We especially want to thank our bosses, the Elite Eight, the Mysterious and Shrouded Illuminati members of the fan club that they're producers. Thank you, Smitty Scoop, Jake Schneider, Robert Brownie Jr. Mint, Kayla Lansbury, Ellie O'Dare, Judy Schneider, Nathan's Hot Dog Scoop, Dr. Ben Dawn, and Ex Officio board member,
1: Crazy Banana Scoop. If you'd like to hear this episode uncut and unedited and enjoy our spontaneous side projects, go to patreon.com therapy, and thank you for supporting mental health. That's all the time that we have for this week's session, we want to thank our landlords, the Ice Cream Social Podcast, and thanks to those of
3: you who contributed to our show today. We really appreciate it. Remember, pod therapy isn't something you should keep all to yourself. Share this episode with someone who needs it by opening the episode's description in your podcast app and copying and pasting the link provided into your social media. Don't forget, you can find us on facebook.com slash podtherapy,
1: on Twitter at podtherapyguys, and at patreon.com therapy. You want to submit a question to the show? Ask anonymously at pottherapy.net or email us at pottherapyguys at gmail.com. I'm Nick Tanchman. I'm Jim from the future. Thanks, and we'll see you for your
0: appointment next week. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.